Welcome to another episode of the Marriage Mentor Podcast with Eric and Jolene Engel, where Eric and Jolene answer marriage questions for believers, looking at the root of the problem instead of the symptom, always while applying God's wisdom and word for a Christ-centered marriage. Hi, this is Eric Engel, my beautiful wife, Jolene. We are in part two of the 10 qualities of a godly husband. Uh, We did this podcast and it went very long, so we decided to split it into two uh, different sessions. So we'll go ahead and get started where we left off from last podcast. Number six, he is humble rather than proud. (laughs) Proverbs 11.2, when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. Yep. What do you got to say about that? Well, I hate humility. Okay, hate it. <laughs> I love it on someone else, but to swallow my pride, that's the last last thing that is on my mind. Well, okay? but I know I know without a doubt that I need to because humility brings forth wisdom. This- if I want wisdom, I need to let go of my pride because I have to have humility before I could get to that wisdom. This world is full of being proud and strong and look at me and I'm on top and mm-hmm. and all that stuff. And you know, the Lord hates that. Okay? And it impugns your relationship with him, impugns your relationship with others. It uh, it and it it fools your you fool yourself right. when you have this pride. You know, because people think all of a sudden that, hey, I can do it on my own. I don't need God. I don't need anyone else because I make it happen. Okay. And I had, you know, it's interesting because I remember when we were going through some really, really hard financial times and I had some believers say to me, well, we don't have that issue because we've been wise enough to save and we're set for life and that sort of thing right okay and here i am in the position of job thinking i had savings right okay and i i did well and all that sort of thing but in an instant the lord can wipe that out and we were in a pretty much an instant wiped out right okay and i realized that you know all the pride i had in my own abilities and my own efforts and my own uh, strength was worth nothing. Well, and Paul says, have no confidence in the flesh. You know, it, the Apostle Paul was very clear about not being confident in the flesh. And our world espouses um, self esteem and self confidence. And it's contrary to the Bible, very contrary. And we get sucked into those lies. And it's like we wear, we wear them and we don't even realize that they become part of us. Right. When in reality, what God wants is for us to be God confident and sufficient upon him and to lean on him. And the more you can learn to do those things and the, the less pride you'll have. Well, and since we're talking to men, I guess we're talking to the husbands right now. Oh, you but know, you know the wife is listening. Oh, I, I get it. But I don't <laughs> want her to like quote this quote to the husband what I'm going to say next. Yes, be kind, be but, kind, wife. But Satan, Satan was roaming to and fro, you know, to see who, who he could destroy and and seeking who he and, could devour. Right, and and God said, "Have you considered my servant Job?" Okay. 
Uh, Job, he's a righteous guy. He's a he's an upstanding guy. He's a godly guy, and and Satan said, "Well, I think you know, you let me uh, hurt him. You let me hurt him. You let me uh, take away all the stuff you've given him, and you know, he'll be a bad guy. He'll basically, turn. Yeah, he's going to turn, turn against you." Okay, so I won't go into the whole story, but obviously all that stuff happened to Job. And Job, at one point, he got kind of bent out of shape because he's like, you know, I haven't done anything wrong. Right. Okay, and he is kind of griping. And God... I understand that gripe. I understand. (laughs) And God said to him, oh, yeah? Uh, Tell me how I did this and tell me how I did that. And And tell me how I formed the world. Right. Where were you? All these things. Basically, you're challenging me. Okay, let's go. And, and God at was the, ready for a throwdown with Job. At, at the end of when God uh, kind of kicked Job in the rear, Job said to him, "I am vile." Okay, it's one of the shortest verses in the in the Bible. But he said, "I am vile." Okay, and and Job had this humility of realizing that he's nothing. Right. Okay? And guys, if you can realize you're nothing compared to God. Well, okay? God gives them the ability to breathe. Right. I mean, it, if it wasn't for God, your heart would stop right now and you would cease to exist. He's sustaining you right now. And you think that you go to the gym and you get pumped up and and you're all strong because of that or you make all this money or you do what I know. I I've been there. You know, I don't, I don't have, I don't have muscles like Arnold or anything, but you know, I'm glad I've, for that. I'm in shape, you know. <laughs> but the point is, is that God provides everything, even your breath, okay, everything you have. And so, uh, I would say to recite that verse daily to yourself in the in the mirror. Just say, "I am vile," and realize who God is, and that the only good in us is because of Him. Okay, that's it. Yeah, that's a great place to start. So that's what I would recommend. I know it's a little extreme for some guys, but well, uh, but that's that's the guy portion of the podcast. You know, it is. It's that's the testosterone, and you but, know, but if wife, you approach life with that humility of, I realize that I'm vile, I'm vile, and everything I have comes from him. That's a great place to lead your family, to lead your wife, to become the guy that God wants you to be. Well, and and every wife would be drawn to a humble husband rather than a prideful one. Right. You know, so always keep that in mind as well. And and the humility reflects Jesus. Okay. Okay. So number seven, he is self-controlled. Proverbs 14, 29. People with understanding control their anger. A hot temper shows great foolishness. Okay, so that verse talks about anger and, and controlling your anger, but that self-control goes even farther than sure. anger. Okay, it goes to what you eat, what you do, uh, how you spend your money, how you spend your money, how you treat people, how you control your anger, the whole thing. And uh, it, here's a simple one: you know, do you curse? Do you do you use profane language? Okay. Now, as as guys, we tend to we tend to talk a little harder than women do. I mean, this you know we're kind of hard to begin Gra- with. And, yeah, and so you know the Bible talks about staying away from from that type of jesting, coarse jesting, and that sort of thing. But um, you know, I, I see 
believers. Well, I'll, I'll give you an example. Uh, there's there's a well known there's a well known uh, teacher out there. Not a not a believing teacher, but a a self improvement teacher. Okay. The number one motivational speaker. Number one motivational speaker. You guys now know who it is, okay? And he may have great advice about how to be motivated and this and that, but I hear him cursing all the time in the recorded things. I'm thinking, why do you have to do that? Have some self-control. Why can't you control yourself, okay? And, and certainly as believers, we need to control ourselves. We need to control how we speak because I want to tell you something. If I was not controlled, and people might look at me and say, he isn't controlled. <laughs> but what they need to understand is if I didn't have any control, there would just be, there'd just be a trail of fire everywhere I went because I'm kind of that type of personality. Okay, so I have to practice that self-control. How do I deal with people? How do I deal with my wife? I mean, you put up with me, obviously, because I have some sort of self-control, which I, I appreciate that. Well, and I appreciate that you submit to the Lord to have the Holy Spirit, you know, you, you have a choice. We all have a choice as a believer. Is, uh, are we going to listen, A, to God's word? Are we going to listen to the nudgings and the whisperings of the Holy Spirit? Because nine times out of ten, we know what is right and wrong. Right. Okay? It's just like, oh, I don't, I don't want to follow that. My flesh does not want to follow that. Right. So, so if you want to start, pick one area that you're going to say, I'm going to have self-control in this area. It could be how you speak. It could be how you eat. It could be uh, your exercise. Just pick one area and, and try to build on that. But number one in your marriage, you know, start with how you treat your wife, things you say to your wife. Right. Exercise that self-control. Okay, number eight, he submits himself to God's word. Uh, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Okay, so submitting myself unto the Lord. You know, that's interesting because, uh, or unto God's word. Uh, a lot of times uh, this kind of goes back to that humility and being proud and that sort of thing. A lot of times as guys, when we start getting something going and we start getting successful in something, you know, we kind of think that, uh, you know, we got, we are. You got it going on? Yeah, we got it going on. Okay. <laughs> we are God's word. You know, I mean, we are. Oh boy. We are God's. Gift. Gift. Okay. You know what I mean? I mean, it's just, uh, and maybe some of you guys don't have that issue uh, and I probably shouldn't, but uh you're all that and then some? Yeah, I'm all that and then some, you know, and submitting yourself to God's word because God's word has the instruction for everything, okay? Mm -hmm. How to manage your money, how to treat your family, how to treat your wife, how to follow him, how to lead others, uh, how to be righteous, how to be loving. I mean, all that stuff, it's all right there. And when things are going good, a lot of times uh, we tend to, or I might say that I tend to. Also, I, I won't, I won't put everyone else in this category, but I, I'm sure some guys can relate. Yeah, you know, I might tend to say that, you know what, I, I don't need to as much uh, submit or seek God's word because things are good. You know, a lot of times when the ship is sinking, that's when we look for the life raft, and. Uh, 
and we probably need to stay spend our life in the life raft even if the ship is not sinking so picture that in your mind even though you're on you got this huge ship okay jesus is a life raft stay right there okay uh, that's that's kind of an odd analogy forget that we'll cut, <laughs> cut that out. but anyway you know just submitting yourself you got any thoughts on that well i it, it comes down to what kind of husband do you want to be you could be a worldly husband why don't you say that i'd like to be a worldly husband well, i'd like to be a carnal husband who wears the label of christian okay i want my one foot in the world and one foot in in god's word okay and being a babe babe in christ when you should be growing you should be off the milk and eating the meat okay or you could say i want to be a godly husband what are you going to go after because i think a lot of times especially men they go after the success they go after the status and um, their position for work as opposed to what does God want for me as a man, a man of God, and as a husband? Because we see it. We see men out there that go after the status and the fortune, but what's their character life like? And what's their marriage like? And they're going to be on their deathbed. And what? who's going to be at their deathbed? Well, probably no one. Because right, just their bag of money. <laughs> Right. And their title. Right. Their okay. clients aren't showing up. Right. Okay. Your clients don't care. Clients don't care. So you have to ask yourself, what kind of husband do I want to be? You know, how am I going to be defined? So that's when you have to go back to, well, I want to be a, a man after God's own heart. I want to be that one who submits to, to God's word. Okay. You know, and no one likes submission. No one does. No one likes to be told, hey, this is what you should do. Well, but everyone, it, here's what's funny, is that everyone is told what they should do. Right. Okay. The world tells you, Satan tells you, and what's, what's interesting is when guys buy into what the world and Satan tells them, they think they've come up with that. <laughs> they haven't. <laughs> They're not that smart. They're just a puppet for the enemy. Right. Okay. Right. So, what side are you on? You know, if you're going to, if you're going to serve someone, serve God's word and submit yourself to God's yeah. word. You're either, I mean, everyone has a master. Right. So everyone. So you have to ask yourself, who's my master? And you would be very wise to say, Jesus is. Jesus is my master. I do what he tells me to do. I'm a bond servant. I'm a slave to Christ. That's who I live for. Just like Forrest Gump. That's right. What's your job, Forrest? Or what, what do you say? Private Gump? To do what you tell me to, drill sergeant? <laughs> it's pretty simple. It Just is pretty follow, simple. Follow his word and, and boss your emotions around. Okay. That's what it comes down to. Number nine, he is gracious. Okay, Proverbs twenty-two, eleven. He who loves purity of heart and has grace on his lips, the king, or in this case, queen, will be his friend. Because this is for husbands. Okay. Okay. So being gracious, or uh, great, being gracious sounds a little different than than what what do I say to to give grace. Okay, to give grace. And I know, you know, sometimes when my boys get in trouble and they say, Daddy, will you give me grace? It's like, well, sometimes I will, but you got grace last time. Now the hammer <laughs> falls. <laughs> but being gracious, that means, you know, don't be so harsh and, and so, so convicting of, 
you know, you screwed this up and, and you did it wrong. Look, provide some grace there. Because if you do, your wife will certainly respond to that. Well, a husband is to lead like Jesus. And if he leads like Jesus, it will make her job of following him so much easier. Okay, so expound on that. Well, it's hard for women today to take up the position of, I'm going to follow. Okay. Okay, well, at least this woman. Okay. <laughs> Maybe other women out there. I have a friend. She is more apt. I have a couple friends. Their, their personality is just more apt to be a follower. That, that is not this woman's personality. This woman is, I got a boxing glove in one hand, a sword in the other. <laughs> a brick in the other. <laughs> and I'm leading the charge or mutiny or whatever it is. So when you look at God's word for wives, there is a clear call that we are to follow our husbands. So a gracious husband makes that a lot easier. Right. So if you've got a wife who refuses to follow, either A, she doesn't know God's word, B, she has a rebellious spirit. C, there's sh- there could be some fear there of how you're going to lead her. Okay? Right. So lead her like Jesus and be great be a gracious leader. That means gracious, not a wussy husband. But, right. But, right. Okay. So, yeah, lead her in a very loving and gracious way and it would be easier for her to follow. Okay? Number 10, he has integrity. Proverbs eleven twenty. the Lord detests people with crooked hearts, but he delights in those with integrity. Integrity means, when I, when I think of integrity, I think of like physical items. Uh, does this have integrity? Is it, is it strong? Is it, is it solid all the way through? Or is, does it just look like it's solid, but it's really a weak vessel whatever it is so to have integrity there is some strength there there is the strength to stand for what's right and to and to be blameless and and to be that that guy that uh people can count on right okay can i trust you can uh, are you a man of your word yes can your wives trust you do they, do they know that uh, when you say that you're going to do something, that you're going to do it, okay? When you say you are at some place, do they know that that's where you're at? Um, so that integrity, I, I think trust is a big part of that. And, and the fact that it is not phony, okay? It's not just on the outside, looks like it, it's he, substantial. He pays lip service? Yes. But, but he, she knows. He is actually a man of integrity. Right. And if you've got a man of integrity, a wise wife would let her husband know that. All the time. All the time. Because you you want those good behaviors and those good virtues and character traits to keep thriving. Just as if you were trying, if you're raising up kids, you know, we had a bunch of little liars when they were little that it's just like, okay, we need to really work to get this out of them. You know, this the sin that's bound up in their heart to teach them the right way. Right. And so you're always wanting to encourage the good and, you know, capitalizing on those good choices. I know it's always something that we try to teach our boys is that, look, you said you said you're going to do this and you didn't do it. Right. Okay. 
You can't be like that. You have to have integrity. Follow through and be who you said you're going to be and do what you said you're going to do. Well, and it's interesting now because they've they've heard that stuff their whole life. And so now as they're hanging out with a bunch of teens, they are seeing that the teenagers are flip-flopping, wishy-washy, not people of their word, and, and it annoys them. They're like, they said they were going to do this, and now they're not doing this. Right, and I'd have to say that that for a gal, maybe you can kind of verify this for me, but I'd have to say that if a guy wants to have a, just a great characteristic that draws his wife to him, or if he's a single guy that draws uh, worthwhile single gals, it would be to be a guy of integrity. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that because when I was a single woman, I wrote down a list of all these godly attributes that I wanted in a husband, but I wasn't bright enough to know that they were attributes. Does that make sense? Right. Um, You know, because the low IQ. (laughs) And I (laughs) I was young in the Lord, so there wasn't... There wasn't much wisdom. But anyways, I still made this list because in my mind I thought, well, I want that godly guy. And yet it was somewhat of a mystery of what exactly does that look like? And I didn't know enough of the scriptures to, to like how we've given a list of all these things to, to have as a godly husband and the next week for a godly wife. But I just looked at Jesus and I thought, well, he seems to be a stand-up man. <laughs> That's pretty simple, isn't it? <laughs> That's how I did it. He's a stand-up guy. He's a stand-up guy. He seems honorable. I think I could trust him. He seems kind, gracious, the real deal. So somehow I then came up with the word, a man of integrity, okay. even though I couldn't define it. But that was on my list. Right. That was high up on my list. And if you're you're that man, that young believer, you're a single guy or it's a single gal listening or a young wife or a young believing wife, just look at Jesus. If you don't know those Bible verses, you could just look at Jesus and try to emulate him and be and and have develop those virtues and and qualities and characteristics that he has okay Okay. so that completes our list that is our list one through ten and next week we'll have the list for wives the list for wives i can't wait (laughs) okay well i'm jolene engel here with my husband eric you can find me at joleneengel.com and you can find me at ericandjolene.com until next time